All right, now back with me here on Next on the T is Reese Jones. Let me remind you about Reese's background. He's from Montclair, New Jersey, and comes from undoubtedly the most talented golf course design family ever. His father is legendary golf course designer Robert Trent Jones, and both Reese and his brother Robert Trent Jones Jr. have done outstanding new course designs plus course renovation projects all over the world. Reese graduated from Yale and did his graduate studies at Harvard. In 1974, Reese founded his own design firm, Reese Jones, Inc. Reese has designed or redesigned over 225 golf courses, including remodeling seven U.S. Open sites, eight PGA Championship courses, five Ryder Cup courses, two Walker Cup venues, and one President's Cup site as well. Locally, he redesigned Eastlake Golf Club, the site of the Tour Championship, and Bobby Jones' home course. You can also see his work at great courses like Torrey Pines, Cog Hill, Oakland Hills, Pinehurst No. 7, and our newest partner, the Macklemore, which he co-designed with our good friend Bill Bergen. And here are just a few of the awards and the things that Reese has been recognized for. He won the 2013 Donald Ross Award from the American Society of Golf Course Architects. He was inducted into the New Jersey Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame in 2012 and the Northern California Golf Association Hall of Fame in 2015. He was Golf World Magazine's 1995 Golf Architect of the Year. And given the Golf Course Superintendent Association of America's old Tom Morris Award in 2004. And I'm deeply honored he is back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Reese, thanks for coming back on the show. Great to be with you, Chris. Always a pleasure. Reese, I want to spend the majority of our time tonight talking about the Macklemore. They're a new sponsor here on the show. And I wanted to start off by getting your initial thoughts. When you first saw the property, what did you think of it and what did you think you were going to be able to build there? Well, um, Macklemore is really a, a wonderful site. It's uh, on top of Lookout Mountain. It's, it's truly all a, a mountain golf course, but it's on the top of the mountain. It's, it's got great bones. It's got a great piece of uh, land, and it has varied type golf holes. So it's it's a type of golf course that really is like Cypress Point or Maidstone or Danzante Bay, where you really have a different flavor. Uh, as you go through the round, unlike different flavor from course to course, uh, they have the canyon holes, the cliff holes, and the highland holes, and you can really tell you're in a different environment every time you play uh, that golf course. When you were putting it together, when you and Bill were working together, what kind of what, did you have in mind? Like a kind of experience that you wanted to be able to provide to to golfers of you know whether it's you know a a younger player, a junior player someone that's a sort of a mid to high handicapper, and then for the accomplished golfers, what did you want us to walk away with? Well, um, Dwayne Horton really basically told us that we, he wanted a golf course that would be pleasurable to play for every caliber player. And I think Bill Berg and I worked together on the Country Club of Winter Haven prior to this project, and uh, we were basically on the same page. And he's just one heck of an architect. So um, I think the two of us working together and bantering things back and forth. You see, golf course architecture, whether you're working with another architect or whether you're working with just your associate, like Steve Weiser is my associate on that project, uh, it's a combination of efforts. And um, I think what we achieved, because Bill was a tour player, so he he really actually knows how the championship player plays. But we designed uh, Macklemore really for the everyday player but it will challenge the championship player because we've got some really great holes on that site. And Reese, some of the, the majesty of that golf course are, are the views that you get. 
And it's not just the, the, the magnificent 18th hole. It's, it's throughout the golf course. Talk about, you know, some of the views and, and putting that course together and how often the sort of the, the vistas come into play throughout the round. Well, you start out right off the bat at the first green. You're looking over the, uh, the whole valley. Uh, so you know you're at a special place. And then the second hole, if uh, we didn't have the 18th hole, might be, might be one of the great holes in the south. Um, it's, a, it's a hole that plays downhill across a creek to a green that's protected by two bunkers. Um, and then it just continues. And uh, the sixth hole is a uh, very rugged par five that drops pretty abruptly on the second shot. Um, and then your 12th hole is another wonderful par five, which is really one of your um, – you know, your island holes. And then the 18th hole, uh, the views there. And thank goodness it's the finishing hole because you really you have a, if you have, if you want to have a great golf course, you have to have a great finishing hole. And that's what we have at Macklemore. And to that end, I was talking to Kip Henley and he's going to be coming back on the show in a few weeks. And, and Kip uh, actually put out on Twitter not that long ago that the 18th hole there at the Macklemore is the second best finishing hole that he's ever seen outside of uh, the 18th at Pebble Beach. Talk about that 18th hole and where it ranks for you. Well, it ranks right up there at the top because um, I think Dwayne Horde let us have that land. Um, it's a spectacular piece of property. It's, a, it's an abrupt drop uh, from the top of the mountain down to the valley. And um, you can experience uh, kind of exhilaration. Uh, when you're on that hole and it's an unbelievable climax to a round of golf on a, on a very great golf experience. And it really is the culmination of the whole experience. And it's not an easy hole either. I mean, you got to play down, uh, to a, a spot on the fairway. It's not extremely, uh, you can hit to the right side and play off the hill. That's probably the best thing for me to do because you certainly want to avoid the whole left side because otherwise your ball is gone. Uh, but then the shot into the green, it's not a long hole, it's 430 yards from the back. The shot in the green is a little uphill, and um, you basically want to favor the right side again. So you have to play with caution, uh, but that's the hole where you're trying to win your match or protect your score. So again, you have to play that aggressively. So it's just a wonderful finish for a great, a great round of golf. Reese, were there any unforeseen challenges that you ran into you know again you're trying to build a golf course here on the side of a mountain lots of rock and that sort of thing was there anything that you guys came across as it started to come together and started to lay out the holes that you're like oh my goodness how are we going to figure out how to deal with this well in in mountain sites uh all across the the country if you have a mountain site you don't always have 18 good holes you might have a couple forced holes the one great thing about Macklemore is that uh, because we spaced the holes and we went to the good land on every part of the site, uh, we basically have 18 very, very good holes that fit the land. And that's quite unusual in a mountain golf course. It usually you have to have a few holes that are straight uphill or very difficult to conceive. But I think that was a great difficulty for Bill and myself just to really utilize the land to its best advantage. And uh, because Wayne let us wander around the site, I think that's what we accomplished. Were there any holes that you laid out originally and as you guys started to get into construction, you thought, you know what, wait a minute, let's do this instead. Was there any redesign or kind of change in what you originally thought that you ended up making a change that made it that much better? Well, no, I, I think um, the holes themselves, um, we adjusted them 
uh, like we widened the 12th hole, uh, we widened the 6th hole, um, we, we, we made minor adjustments here just to make the holes fairer and better and more playable. Uh, I think Dwayne gave us the budget to uh, accomplish a lot of the things uh, that we wanted to. I think having the opportunity to build the 18th hole and do the grading that was necessary. Um, and I think not only that, but when you play in a car and you're driving around that site with the streams, the, the terrain, the rocks, uh, the views, um, uh, you're, you're in a real golf experience. And um, I can understand why people would want to have a summer home there because uh, the temperature is so much cooler on top of that mountain than it is uh, in much of the part of the south during the summertime. So uh, I think we optimized the uh, the land. And uh, But to answer your question, Bill and I would make a lot of changes as far as bunker location, bunker size, green contours, green angles. That's the changes we made on the site, not really necessarily uh, the holes themselves, except for the 18th. When it was all said and done and you guys were ready to, to open it up and you got to walk the sort of the, the finished product, if you will, for the first time, what, what, what was it like? Did it, did it, did it meet what you thought it was going to be? Did it exceed your expectations? Did you have a moment to look at it and go, wow, this place is amazing? Well, um, Ron Witten, who's the Golf Digest editor, um, golf course architecture editor, uh, told, uh, wrote once that I got some of the best sites in golf. And, uh, I think Dwayne Horton gave us one of the best sites in golf. So, uh, we knew the experience would be phenomenal. We knew that the players uh, would be pretty overwhelmed by the experience. Uh, but then Bill and I both had to listen to all the players as they played it. And I mean, uh, it was, it was a really fun experience for us because, um, every caliber player came back and, um, were really pleased with the round. They couldn't wait to get back and play the next day. So, uh, I think we accomplished the goal to create a golf experience that, uh, you want to play on a continual basis. And I think uh, we got a lot of input and feedback from uh, the players that played it the first couple of days. And uh, that was pretty gratifying because um, it was a rugged site with a lot of rock. And I think um, just it's just such a magical place. There's just a couple more before I let you go. And, and last week, Bill talked about uh, the course's tagline, Life Above the Clouds. And he said at times he would look out and the birds would actually be flying flying below him. And that, that, that's an amazing thing to think about, is looking out to think that you're higher than, uh, than what the birds are flying. Did you have an opportunity to, to see anything like that or the clouds rolling in and be above the clouds? Did you get any, any sort of experience along those lines? Well, um, I could tell you the temperature uh, would rise, but uh, and it is really the clouds could descend on you, but I... I was never there when that actually happened. And uh, I was kind of looking at the golf holes to keep my uh, ball in play. I wasn't looking for a bird. I was trying to get a birdie every once in a while, though. <laughs> Reese, um, my last guest, John Hughes, has his golf school out at Falcons Fire down in Orlando, another one of your designs. Talk about that golf course. Well, that was a, a golf course I built like 20 some odd years ago. And, um, I think we really almost had a, a eye for the future, just like, uh, Macklemore. It's over 7,000 yards, but 
length is not the factor. It's uh, the finesse. It's the second shot golf course. And I think that's what we designed at Falcons Fire. Um, there's a lot of water on that site because some of the ponds were built uh, uh, for previous construction of other projects. Um, and we kind of weaved our way around the site and really made that a second shot finesse golf course so that every caliber player could play it. And I think that's why they have so many rounds a year, just because everybody can accomplish their goal on Falcons Fire, much like they can do at Mclemore. Henry, so you talk about length, and I think that's that's the thing now, right? I mean, the golf ball flies so far. When we're looking at tour players, we're we're not odd, or we're not. It's not unusual anymore to see those guys drive at three ninety four hundred four ten, you know, things along those lines. So uh, length can't can't you know? We, there's only so much room to put golf courses. There's only so much length that you can add to them. Is is the future or what you're looking at now a way to make it a little more difficult in those landing areas that, you know, if, if it's going to be a championship golf course that maybe there's a little more trouble, maybe the, the fairways are a little more narrow once you start to get out into that 310, 320, 330 area to make it um, a decision for those guys and not necessarily always bombing off the tee? Well, I, I don't think it's necessarily length. Uh, the, the equipment has changed so much. The metal head has changed. The golf ball doesn't move as much. It doesn't curve. Uh, that there's no bulge on the driver face anymore. So um, it's it's a shame that that's happened because uh, the ball used to go off line more in, in the past. Now, however, since they hit it so far, if they do hit it slightly off line, they're going to find themselves in trouble. Uh, wing foot for this year's Open will have narrow fairways and uh, pretty substantial rough, uh, probably you know 22 yard wide fairways, 24 wide fairways. We just did Torrey Pines over for next year's U.S. Open, and that's our fairway width, and it's got a peculiar rough. So I think the USJ is going back to uh, making sure that the players have to keep it in the fairway in order to have the spin on the ball to hit the shots they like. It's not going to be a drive and gouge championship at Wingfoot or Torrey Pines. And uh, and I think that actually the trees come into play. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be like Chambers Bay or Aaron Hills where you could really just hit away at will. So I think that's what's going to happen in championship golf. John Bodenhammer is now setting him up and he's really going back to the old setup. So I think we're going to throttle the courses down as far as length is concerned. And length is actually overemphasized because we'll build a golf course at 7,700 yards long, like Torrey Pines, but then they'll play it at 7,300 yards. It gives them the flexibility to change each hole in a given day. They never play the entire length, but that's never really expressed uh, through the media, they talk about the entire length, and they don't necessarily talk about the length for the day. Reese, before I let you go, what are some of the projects you're working on now? Well, um, we're doing Briars Creek in Charleston over, which is owned by the McNair family, Bob McNair, uh, who used to own the Houston Texans, and uh, just passed away. And we're doing Seabrook Island over, we're doing Coral Ridge in Florida, Shadowwood in Florida over. We just, uh, we're working at uh, Columbine in Denver. Uh, we're working at Victory Ranch um, and doing a lot of projects in the Northeast. We're building a new hotel golf course in the Catskills, building another one in Puerto Rico. Um, actually, even during this pandemic, we've got 13 projects under construction. So I think there is a positive vibe right now about golf because it's an outdoor sport. People are just dying to get outside and do something, and it's a safe uh 
distancing sport today. And I think it's really a resurgence for the game of golf. And I think that's why golf really has a very positive future in the, uh, right now. And I think the fact that we're doing so many projects, even in this terrible time, uh, really indicates that people are really look, looking forward. So I'm pleased about that. Reese, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the projects and, and follow what you're doing, uh, whether it's online or it's on social media? Well, um, I'm not on social media, uh, but, uh, you know, www.reesejones.com, I guess, is the best way. But uh, I guess maybe someday I'll get on social media. <laughs> well, Reese, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. and. And share the stories behind the Macklemore. It's a it's a beautiful golf course, and I'm thrilled to have them as a partner on the show. And hope we get the opportunity to catch up with you again soon. Well, I really enjoyed listening to John Hughes before my uh, part in this program, and um, I've always used that penny under the ball, make sure I can see the penny before I look look up. And boy, does that help! Um, and so I'm looking for maybe we'll go down to Falcon Fire. If, if John won't charge me too much for a lesson, I'd love, love to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he can work that out for you. Okay. Well, thanks Reece, for having me. Take care. Me. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe. Okay. Great, Chris. Thanks. Thanks, Reese. That's a great Reese Jones, folks. Um, you want to talk about one of the legendary golf course designers from a legendary family. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, Reese's job, uh, the, the job that Reese and uh, Bill Bergen did at the McLemore is outstanding. You heard John Hughes. Talk about how beautiful Falcon's Fire is and how lucky he feels to be able to be uh, going out on that golf course every week. And, and 13, was it, that, uh, that Reese has got going on right now? Amazing stuff. And uh, he's, you know, when you look at the U.S. Open and uh, who's working on those golf courses and, you know, the, the Open Doctor, I think is actually one of the uh, nicknames that has been given to Reese because. He comes in and does a great job in making sure those golf courses are set up perfectly. Um, great man, a lot of fun, and I look forward to catching up with uh, Reese again, hopefully real soon. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again go out to Tom Patrick, David Ogren, John Hughes, and Reese Jones for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetee.net, to keep up to date with what uh, my guest schedule looks like. You can also stream this show on a number of great podcasting sites and, and our, our great friends over at podcast.co and that's .co, not com, podcast.co. They've been a, a huge help and support uh, for this show, as have the people over on Podbean. But you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, and Player.fm as well. Folks, as always, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you are continuing to make Next on the Tee a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.